Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, March 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Joining me is GameSpot's Michael Hyam. Hey, what up, man? Hey, I, I hear this intro every damn, almost every damn morning, but you know what? I, I, love, to, I love to hear it. It wakes me up. I'm like, oh, damn, I got to get ready for my own meetings. Bless yeah. is up. I got to be up. So that's, so that's the thing about this episode is that for those who don't know, me and you are roommates. Right, we've been roommates for the last half year. We've been homies for a while, right? Like we mm -hmm. met on Twitter. I want to mm -hmm. say about two years ago because our mutual love of Undertale. Undertale, yeah. yeah. And then back back then, I had you on uh, one of my podcasts that I was doing for OKB, so we got to talk about it, and we became we came we became really cool friends ever since then. When mm -hmm. I moved out to SF, we were like, "Yo, let's let's connect. Let's become Yo, roommates." Yeah, a yeah, lot should... of people are upset that you guys are not doing this in the same room. A lot of people in the uh, chat. I, I, I figured as much. You know, look, Bless and I are very busy. You know, we're busy boys, and it's a lot of setup, and Bless has got something to do afterwards. You know, we don't got time for that. But you know what? You know, it, the people have spoken. So Bless and I, we can we can figure something out. We got so much space. Oh, we need a we need a dinner table. That's what. Yeah, no, we still, I mean, we still <laughs> got, we, me and him are very much slackers in terms of shit we got to hey, do. whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we still... We like our our living room still needs so much more work in terms of actually turning this house into a home, and so we need to get a dinner table and or a coffee table that converts into a dinner table. One of those things. Yeah. Uh, we got we got we got to do all that shit. Here's the thing, right? We could be sitting in the same room, um, but the solution that Kevin brought to me when I brought to him the idea of, hey, what can we do if we wanted to do this? He was like, hey, just sit at the same desk and move the mic back and forth. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. That is the, that is the worst way to, to do a podcast. Uh, it would be, Nobody it would be really funny, though. <laughs> It'd be terrible. I got, I got omnidirectional on my shit. So, you know, we can, we can do that. No promises on the quality. The, the, but... the, that's the thing is the audio quality would suffer. Yeah. I mean, and I know but... how much people care about audio quality. Listen, we got we got priorities, though. I bought a weight set. I bought an exercise bike. Uh, I got Xbox Series X. I got PS5s. When before the next gen consoles launched, I don't know if I can say this, but I I'll guarantee anyway. you this household had the most next gen consoles before launch. One thousand percent. How you feel? One thousand percent. Now, that was actually my first question to ask you is like, mm. how much do you hear when I'm hosting the shows from your room? Like, do you do oh, you hear the entire it. shows? Yo, oh, that's these, awesome. These balls is thin. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, like, like I said, I hear when I hear you intro, I'm like, oh shit, yo, yo, what what time is it? Because then sometimes I hear you like prepping at like eight o'clock. I'm like, damn. Like, oh yeah, I don't know. Also, sometimes yeah, I'll sometimes I'll do pre pre ad reads just to, like give a practice. Okay, yeah. And sometimes like bless plays music when he showers, uh, and like the shit. Damn it, I bathroom. know you heard that. <laughs> oh my hell, yo, what made, what made you think I didn't hear? Blessing, like, blessing. I'm... What is your shower music? Because I also do that, and I also like it's like the way our apartments laid out. Like our the bathroom that Alyssa and I use is kind of close to Andy's room, and so I always wonder if Andy can hear me playing music. But uh, I'm wondering, what's Probably. your shower music, blessing? Mikey, Mikey, all... you can tell him. It's a lot of air horns. Um, <laughs> it's uh, sometimes I hear Migos, and I'm like, yo, I. I Yo, I hadn't heard that track in a minute, but also I'll be like, oh, that shit kind of sounds fire. But uh, I imagine it's a lot of music you find through TikTok because uh, I know y'all Gen Z motherfuckers out there is listening to some wild shit. But, you know, I respect I'm, it. I'm, st I'm still a millennial. I'm technically a millennial. I'm two, <laughs> I'm two years I'm, older I'm than Gen Z. With you. It is a lot uh, of air horns because, like, yeah. I do listen to, like, a lot of, like, hardcore hip hop when I'm taking a shower because <laughs> that's, like, if you want to if you want to take a hard ass shower, right, whereas you like, you're, you're, there, you you're really scrubbing in there. Oh my god, listen to some Tupac where you shower and it'll change your whole life. Oh, fucking bow, 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 bow. You know, you, you gotta get in the crevices. It's how now, you stay clean. Michael, you work for GameSpot. What do you sure do? do? Like, what, what, is your, what is your role? 
I am a writer, editor, and sometimes video host as well. So folks may have seen me hosting E3 stage shows, Lifelex, uh, but most of the time I'm on I'm on editorial. So I do uh, I cover mostly I do mostly do features and I do editorial work. I help edit other people's stuff, so it goes up to publish on time and all clean. Uh, with ideas all expressed very clearly. So I do that. And I tend to cover Japanese games. Uh, <laughs> listen, if, if, you, if, you, if you know anything about my work, you know it's either Persona, Final Fantasy, Yakuza, or any other weeb shit <laughs> on GameSpot. It's me. Uh, that, that's that's my jam. That's kind of like the for many years, for several years at this point, those are kind of the spaces I've been moving in. So I've been able to like kind of keep up with the progression of different Japanese games. And so I have a lot of interviews with a lot of developers, uh, localization, things like that. Um, but I can also, I transition to a lot of other stuff. So I, when Hitman 3 rolled around, I did a lot of Hitman 3 coverage because uh, I fuck with the series like that. So uh, I, have, I have a very diverse set of skills, I must say. I'm not, I'm not pitching for a job out here. Um, I don't know hey, if the bag is nice, but uh, but I, I do cover a lot of different things. But my my I guess no one really Tam doesn't like say, OK, you're, this is your specialty. It's just when something comes in, when something pops off, Tam's like, it's you, dog. Like, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, let's go. Like when Final Fantasy seven news broke out, like Tam just like, hey, you take care of that. Right. I'm like, say less. Uh, yes. So that, that's that's kind of like the the spaces I move in. Because everyone wants to have like a specialty and a beat and all that stuff, but uh, but yeah, I'm a writer, editor, uh, sometimes video host, uh, and I, that comes through waves. Like when we need to do, like we did play for all last year, um, I, I did most of the developer interviews and stuff like that. And then some weeks, I'm just like, yo, I'm working on this review. So uh, a lot of different things that we do at Games. Everyone, everyone at Gamespot does a lot of different things. Um, yeah, so. and I gotta I I gotta give you a shout out too because you you work real hard. Like during that. The next you mentioned earlier, right? That like at one point, right, this yeah. this apartment was probably the apartment with the most next gen consoles in it between the two of us, and yeah. that was the thing that I never said before because I was like, I don't want to get robbed. Um, but <laughs> like we were rocking like, and that was mo- that was mostly you. Like you were doing yeah. so much next gen coverage for Gamespot. Yeah. Uh, you you did like previews of the of the Series X, previews of the Series S, like mm-hmm. doing some of that stuff concurrently. And, and I I forget who reviewed if it was it was you that did like the final review yeah, for Gamespot. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you're you're out there doing that work. I know you review pretty much all the persona games over at GameSpot. You do the Yakuza games, all the weep shit that you're talking about. And with that, <laughs> hey. uh before we hey. actually get into the show proper, I do want to mm-hmm. ask because I feel like this is a good question to ask to get to know people. Uh what are your top three favorite games? Ooh, so I can I can name that off the I can name my top ten off the top of the dome. So I'm I'm gonna do that. Uh do it. so one A and one B. I depending on depending on how I feel when I wake up. Uh, it could be one or the other, but it's Persona 5 Royal and Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> Final Fantasy 14. Shouts out to Natalie Flores. Nothing but love and respect for her. Uh, Friend of the show. Yeah, that is, that is my Alice to my Alphino. So shouts out to her. But yeah, Persona 5 Royal, uh, Final Fantasy 14, interchangeable. Persona 4 Golden, uh, the original Deus Ex that came on 2000, uh, Undertale, Ooh, Chrono Trigger, uh, Super Mario RPG, Legend of Seven Stars, uh yakuza zero um star wars knights of the old republic persona 3 fest or portable and then shouts out to near automata and uh mass effect one mass effect one's my favorite uh so that that's actually my top 12 right there so if you if you if you fuck with any of those games you then then you fuck with me you fuck me so uh yeah I i feel like that's a good i think my top 10 or 12 whatever games say a lot about uh the yeah, that tells a story in. that lets people know who Michael Hyam is. 
Omagahan, let's get to know what the news is. Today's stories yeah. include a Hogwarts Legacy lead designer leaving the project, support on artifacts coming to an end, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily do you hear me do that that bang on my desk by the way yep i i sure do oh yeah to to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you right after this live episode of kind of funny games daily we're streaming super mario 3d world in collaboration with rooster teeth to raise money for a good cause that'll be me tim andy snowbike mike and Alfredo Diaz, right here on twitch.tv slash games. You don't want to miss out on that. That's happening again right here at around 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, uh, we revealed the new MCU in review intro yesterday. And we have a link to it right here that I'm going to have Barrett pull up for the visuals, right? Because we have this cool intro. And like the Marvel intro itself, the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe intro, there's a bunch of Easter eggs and a bunch of references within it. Uh, and Barrett did a whole awesome th- uh, tweet thread kind of detailing all the different references. He's going through it right uh, right here. Shout out to Barrett Courtney for putting in the good work. I mean, busting all that out for us. Sh- shout out to Cameron Kennedy who do uh, who did a lot of like the the new art um, and making me Mr. Negative. I think purely just based off of my uh, internet persona as Sad Boy Barrett, I think is the, the connection perfect. there, which. God damn it, Cameron. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big got... fan. Of, yeah, I was going to say all the kind of funny games daily hosts disappearing away. <laughs> all the old You got Andrea, co-hosts. Jared Petty, and, Ron, <laughs> and uh, Daniel Dwyer just fading into thin air. That's perfect. And then if you scroll, scroll through, uh, one of the ones I like the most also is uh, Khalif Adams as uh, Black Panther. Yeah, this one's Wait, great. Wh- where is this? Where is this? I want to see this. <clears throat> so this is on, uh, on twitter.com slash kind of funny games. Yeah, if you open up the, the kind of yeah, funny Twitter, pull that up. And then also on Discord, uh, uh, Michael, we have the watch stream that you can pull up too if you want to uh, uh, see what's going on live as a, as a confidence monitor. But yeah, this Ooh, is yeah. this is an awesome one, right? Where it's uh, Khalif sitting in front of his what would be Brokago, but it's changed to Welcome to Brokanda, which is such a, a, a an <laughs> awesome <laughs> reference. That's cute. Yeah, that's really cool. And so shout out to Cameron Kennedy and all the all the all the folks in the community that, who did art for that, uh, and the folks who were able to put that intro together because that is incredible. And then, in case you missed it, there's a brand new episode of The Blessing Show Up right now where I break down what makes a good puzzle game. I interviewed the dev behind one of my favorite puzzle games, Manifold Garden, and it has some of Roger's best editing to date. You can catch that on YouTube.com slash games right now. And let me tell you, you don't want to miss that one because that is, a, that is so far my favorite episode of the show to do that I've done. Ooh, right? it, was a really, it was a really fun one to put together. Uh, very happy with the outcome of that one. Everybody go watch that episode of The Blessing Show. Uh, we also got fire, a new... man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. We also got a new episode of the Next Gen Podcast coming out this Sunday for Patreon Gold Tier supporters. And let me tell you, that is a wild episode. And so if you like chaos, uh, if you like me, Barrett, and Roger just shouting over each other about cartoons and shit, that is the episode for you. And then thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Abrahamson, Blackjack, and Trent Barry. Today we're brought to you by Honey, Logitech, and DoorDash. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A big dozen. 
Starting with our number one, uh, Hogwarts Legacy lead designer quits Avalanche following public backlash. This is from Matthew Handrahan at GamesIndustry.biz. Hogwarts Legacy lead designer Troy Leavitt has quit Avalanche Software following a backlash over the content of his personal YouTube channel. Speaking on Twitter, Leavitt announced his decision to leave Avalanche and said he was and said he has quote nothing but good things to say about the game, the dev team, and WB Games end quote. Leave it emphasized the decision as his own, adding that he, quote, felt absolutely secure in my position. I'm in excellent spirits and very pleased with my relationship with WB and Avalanche, Avalanche, end quote. However, Leave it promised to clarify his reasons in a new video, which will be published on his YouTube channel in the near future. Leave's YouTube channel is at the root of the issue. As Kotaku pointed out, his videos contained many controversial opinions, including defenses of public figures accused of sexual misconduct and qualified support of the fundamentally misogynist Gamergate movement. These positions were compounded by Leave's proximity to the Harry Potter IP, the creator of which, J.K. Rowling, has been widely criticized for his statements about the trans community. I'm going to stop there. There's more context I'm going to add in a second, but... Stopping there, Michael, have you been keeping up with this whole Harry Potter situation? <laughs> yeah, as as closely, I guess, as any, anyone else has. And uh, sh- shit, man, yeah. It's like as if uh, Hogwarts Legacy didn't have enough baggage already. Once it started coming out, and I, I don't, I was just like, damn, like, you, you hate to see it. But also, like, <laughs> you know, you face the consequences of your own actions, bro. Like, if you, if you, are, if you are out here publicly saying shit like this, you know, f- folks was just reporting like, hey, yo, th- this fool over here is saying this shit, you know, uh, and then, you know, uh, folks is going to speak up about these sorts of things. You have if you have publicly expressed hostile opinions, you know, w- w- what do you expect? W- w- what do you think you- you- you're going to get out of that? And then so, like, we don't want people like this in our community. So, well, you know, <laughs> you want to put the pressure on. Uh, for like we don't want people in especially in leadership positions uh, to be ones who defend shit like Gamergate or you know sexual assault within the like fuck mm-hmm. out of here with that shit man like I don't know yeah. I, he, le- leaving on his own is like alright good riddance motherfucker like talk yeah, to get I mean, hit I, you know what I'm saying th- this is definitely I think the logical conclusion that this is going to uh, uh, lead towards right after all that shit came up about the YouTube channel and also after that shit came up and he didn't seem apologetic about it or it wasn't a thing of him being like, sorry, that was, that was part of my past or anything. It very much seems like though, that's still a part of his present. Uh, and so with that being yeah. the case, I think that, yeah, like that's not the type of shit you want to see in somebody in a, in, in a leadership role uh, and him, him stepping down. I think this, this is a fascinating one because I think I could easily see this being a case of, Hey, either you step down or we fire you. It has to be one of those two things. Yeah. Because this uh, is the, the the pressure is on. I will ask, like, you know, WB WB Games obviously knew about this, you know, as they hired him onto the project. I sure uh, hope they did. And I, that's or I mean I, that's the thing yeah. that's the thing that that was brought up by him apparently, right? Talking talking in his YouTube channel of like, hey, yeah, like this is a thing that was brought up, and they were kind of they were cool uh, with me working on the project, um, which again leads to so many questions in terms of how are you guys op- how how do you let this happen right yeah like, you and, guys should have been aware of this if, if letting him come in wasn't a problem with uh this channel like what is the culture uh, uh at that place uh even more so like what does that speak to who that kind like what that division is on its own you know 
Right, because because there's also two aspects to him being there in the first place. Is like, okay, either WB, like the folks who decided that he would be on the project, saw this and be like, ah, I guess we can let this slide. And I think that, like, if that's the case, then it's like, you know, WB is also to blame to for putting him into that position. Or they could have been like, oh shit, we didn't we didn't see this. We didn't know anything about it. And then it's like, oh well, I guess you're not vetting people <laughs> who are in like top level positions yeah. for development. We have like, YouTube oh, well. channels that are getting <clears throat> that are getting views, right? It's not like this yeah. is a YouTube channel that was getting views in the hundreds. Like if you go through his YouTube channel, they're getting views in the thousands and the tens of thousands. And there's there are videos in there that have hundreds of thousands of views, um, which is something that you should be aware of as WB. I think th- this this whole situation, I think kind of brings me back to the thing of man it must suck to be at that studio in terms of all the shit that's going on around it Mm -hmm. because you you announced that game you have the controversy of fuck man harry potter is in a weird place right now because jk rowling has has been stating her more and more vitriolic views right as time's time has gone on you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure when you accept the project studio right or you join the studio for 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 them for how long they've been working on this game that probably wasn't as much of an, of an issue that it uh, as it became years down the road. And when that happens, it's like, fuck, man. Well, J.K. Rowling is kind of screwing us here. There was a story, this is the context I'll add, right, from earlier this, re- this week. I'm going to pull directly from Polygon because they give a, a, a nice quick write-up on it. Uh, they write, earlier this week, Bloomberg reported that Hogwarts Legacy would include gender-agnostic character creation options, which will allow users to build out a, char- a player character with voice and body types that aren't bound to, uh, to one another, or any gender pre- presentation. Bloomberg's report added that other developers at Avalanche Software were, quote, sad and frustrated by the controversy the, g- the game had drawn. More than a year away from launch, uh, more than a year away from launch, in that the project's management had reportedly resisted developers' attempts to put a trans trans inclusive character creator in the game, and I think this speaks to how complicated uh, video game de- development can be, and how many how many people work on a game, right? Because when you have a when you have a studio that is made up of let's say hundreds of people, and you have uh, you have it coming from an IP that has become controversial or problematic for so many people and then you have teams led by folks who are coming from problematic places right and are coming from those places of yeah no you shouldn't be you shouldn't be leading on a project like this right but other teams within that same studio who are fighting the good fight and are like Mm -hmm. hey we want to make things right we want to make this a great game because we are multiple years into making this thing and we want to we want people to 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 feel like we are doing right by this and the community the community that is into this and adding in those trans options even though the 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 creator was transphobic you get into this weird place of fuck man what a complicated place to be as a studio and like being on being on that team being on that team who are the people who are fighting that good fight like i feel for you that sucks that 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 this that this game's name is being smeared by all this other shit like that is so frustrating to me yeah, I I used to have a lot of love for Harry Potter, um, but I think I I, I guess I kind of grew out of it. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that still fuck with Harry Potter like that, but I feel like over time I've also like looked back at it and thought, oh damn, like that shit's not cool actually. Like, ooh, that's uh, there there are aspects of Harry Potter that are like uh, that you can draw comparisons or parallels to real life, and yo, there's some. I'm not going to say here, but like there's just like a lot of um, things that have um, that have have come up when you when you look at it as an adult, as someone who's older and as someone who also has um, has developed a lot more progressive views. Um, 
and then I'm just like, I'm kind of distanced myself from Harry Potter as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. For this game in particular, uh, like you said, I, f- I feel you and like because game development teams, we all know game development teams are huge if they're on the AAA scale such as this. So and then like having something like a uh, like a gender inclusive or uh, or in a trans inclusive character creator is very important, of course. Uh, and it's it's great to see those sorts of things being uh, implemented into the game. Um and it, it, yeah, it just makes me think of like those who who fought for that, who pushed for that, who actually created that for the game. And then having something like, you know, there is, as you can say, uh, J.K. Rowling is not a part of this project as much as you want. But it's at the end of the day, it's Harry Potter. It's her property. It's her it, it's, it's layered, especially when you when at the end of the day, the money is going to going to go back to her. And she is funding, yeah. you know, initiatives that are fighting against uh, trans yeah. inclusion and trans folks. Yeah, it sucks to you because you... people have been constantly hitting me up because I've, I've been very vocal about my love for Harry Potter over the years, and yeah. uh, the, the more with J.K. Rowling uh, bringing out her kind of showing her full ass and um, her thoughts on uh, the trans community, I've definitely distanced myself uh, from that, and people kind of come at me with the response of like, oh, so you're boycotting this developer team who might not even agree with her takes and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not even that. It's just like knowing that like any, like anything that I buy now, uh, like anything new that I get is going into her wallet eventually. And I just, I don't feel comfortable uh, feeding the machine anymore. It's nothing against yeah. the, the development team as a whole. This one dude also being a problem, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like, I, I don't know if I can keep, feeding the machine like that it's it, it's just it's a lot it's, com- it's complicated to you because i like la- uh, and i also want to make it clear year, that i've never said to boycott this game because people like to twist my words and be like ah oh, you, yeah. you're telling people to boycott this game it's like nah just for me personally i just don't think i can support harry potter stuff anymore so that's just that's just me yeah it, i mean i've also been a fan of harry potter movies specifically growing up right and like harry potter has meant much to me uh in the past and i still look back at like movies like harry potter and uh, prisoner of azkaban i'm like man you know what a movie and all that stuff um and it 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 gets so complicated and weird too because i I'm, i remember last year i read a thread from uh uh one of my friends who is who is trans and they pretty much tweeted out a, a thread about how much of, of a harry potter fan that they were and that was a heartbreaking thing for me of fuck man like jk rowling is kind of tearing tearing shit away from people who appreciate this thing and want to love this thing uh because she wants to be hateful and Mm -hmm. it's like it's hard it's hard for me to tell folks like that right like folks who are fans of harry potter that may be trans to be like hey you can't support this thing anymore because you know that that feels like i'm taking something away away from them um and again this is one of those layered issues of yeah, where does your money go? Who do you want to support? And, you know, where are you coming from with all this stuff? And I don't have the answer because, again, this is multi-layered and, 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 and complicated and kind of where I stand is, like, fuck J.K. Rowling with, with this shit. And also, I'm glad this, this guy uh, quit and got out of there, and I hope that leads to the development team being able to, being able to see a lot of their visions through. But, again, it's hard. Yeah. One more, one more thing I'll say is that uh, I, had a, I had a Harry Potter pint class. I had a Gryffindor pint class. That I got at was it Universal Studios where Hogwarts Land is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. It's, it's been a long time. So it was. I think Bless broke it. I did. <laughs> he dropped it in the kitchen. I think you were like doing dishes or something. You're like moving yeah. my shit around because I don't put my shit away. Uh, neither of us do. But then I heard a glass break, and I was like, I went into the, into the to the kitchen. I was like, Oh shit, are you all right? And he was like, Damn, man, I, I think I broke one of your glasses. 
I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's the Harry Potter glass. And I was like, <laughs> I, I immediately felt it. better. I was I like, was oh like, damn, it's the Harry Potter one. I'm My like, bad, bro. It's all good. I think you did me a favor. Hopefully, hopefully you're good. Hopefully you're good with that loss. Yeah, I, I uh, did feel really bad in the moment, but then yeah, Harry Potter nah. kind of fixed it. And so Thanks for that, I guess. Story number two. Let's talk about Artifact. Uh, Valve ends development on Artifact. This is from Mike Minotti at GamesBeat. Valve is ending all development on on Artifact. It's Dota 2-based digital card game. The company made the announcement today. Artifact debuted in November 2018 for PC. The digital card game didn't manage to sustain an audience, unlike its unlike. Unlike hits like Hearthstone, uh, Artifact did not launch as a free-to-play game. It cost $20, and players could spend more, more money on cards. Complicated play systems that try to replicate Dota 2's shop and lane mechanics may have also turned off players. Following the failure of the original Artifact, Valve began working on a reboot. Artifact 2.0 entered, entered into closed beta in March 2020. Quote, while we're reasonably satisfied... Uh, while we're recently satisfied we accomplished most of our game side goals, we haven't managed to get the pl- get the active player numbers to a level that ju- that justifies further development at this time, Valve explains. Both the original version of Artifact and the 2.0 beta, now called Artifact Foundry, will be available for free to everyone going forward. Without any future updates, both titles aren't likely to attract many players. Michael, did you keep up with Artifact at all? Not really. I mean, I, I, I've dabbled in uh, card, digital card games and CCGs, like, but uh, I feel like I don't play Dota 2 also. I'm sorry, Ben Pack, but I don't, I don't, I don't play Dota 2 either. But I, so I, I, I follow in a sense of like, okay, we got to keep up with the news. And of course, this is a Valve thing. So this is going to, this could be a very big deal, but it never, it never really caught that kind of like traction. Cause like, obviously we, we see the, we see our traffic numbers. We see what people are looking for. And you know, artifact was not one of them. I think the the announcer. I remember the announcement story because I think it was at the international, and then and then yo folks was like, yo, well, what are they gonna announce? What are they gonna announce? And it's like boom, a card game, and it was like, ah, uh, yeah, coming from Valve, I, it's like, dang it, yeah. all right, I guess I should have yeah. seen this coming. You know, it's that kind of thing. The thing that fucked them up though is like that what what you mentioned or what was in the story is that it costs twenty dollars to enter that, whereas most CCGs are free to play. And then you you pay for card packs. You pay like there's it's it's microtransaction based, of course. Like like any other card game. I used to play Magic, um, and you know you 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 buy a starter pack, then you buy booster like, and you build a deck based on that. And like that is different when you because the landscape has changed. Whereas you know you could play Hearthstone, you can play Magic: The Gathering Arena now as as a free to play thing. Like almost every CCG is free to play, and then you you buy into it as much as you want, uh, but you know, I, I heard good things about Artifact itself as a game, but when you have that sort of barrier, I don't think you're gonna you're not gonna reach that critical mass that you that you want. And I imagine like Valve has a very high bar for what successful is as well. Uh, so they could be like, yo, it didn't reach our like a goal in order to maintain development. So you know what? We're gonna keep it moving and you know, cut your losses, I guess. Uh, but if they don't have if if they think they don't have that strong of a community, then, you know, of co- it, it, it doesn't it makes sense that they're going to move on from this. And I'm sure like, you know, Valve, hey, if you if you if you get in that Half-Life 3 ready, you know, let me know what's up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, you could you could have seen this coming. So I remember when like uh, uh, like I was at IGN when 
I think it was like Tom Marks and someone else had previewed Artifact, and it was like this yeah. fucking big moment of like, yo, Valve is making a game, bro. Like, it's been fucking years and years, and it was like, I remember they were really excited about it, and it's uh, it sucks to see it go, but hopefully it it makes sense. Yeah, and this is definitely this is for stuff in the future. This is definitely where the road was gonna end. You know, I I you hit the nail on the head, and the article mentions it right. Like, it costs it costs twenty dollars, and players can spend more money on cards. And that is an impossible that is an impossible thing to get right when you have Hearthstone, which is the biggest player in this space, be, being free. Right, you buy card packs, like you said. That I mean, it, it's kind of it's it's similar to the battle royale space, right? Where all the all the most successful battle royales you have in the space right now are free to play. And if you put out a battle royale right now that you have to pay that you have to buy into, it is not going to be successful, right? That's why the top three are Fortnite, Warzone, and I guess Apex will probably be be right after that. Um, but if if you put out one one that you had to pay for, right? Like you saw Battlefield Battle Royale come and go. You saw Hyperscape is free, um, and so I'm not going to count that. That was more gameplay stuff. Um, you know, like the even even um, Black Ops. It's called Blackout. Like that was one where it's like cool. It's this sim- similar ideas and similar concept as Warzone, but it was packaged into this thing that you had to buy, uh, which made it inaccessible to enough people to where you just didn't have the conversation around it. You know, when you make it free, that's when people people are willing to give it a shot or buy or um or, or step step uh, dip their toes in it and hopefully yep. get invested. You didn't really have that opportunity as much for artifact when you had to actually buy, uh, uh, buy it, right? And then play it and then it may not be a thing that actually compares to something like Hearthstone. Uh and so rest in peace artifact. I hope I hope we get another Half-Life game, you know, because I know people want it and I would like to play a Half-Life 3 on PC or or, or on a console or wherever you release it. Um but I wonder if they do. You know, I want, yeah. I know they I know they've talked about like I I know we have um the what well, into the valley of the gods studio. Firewatch. Oh, uh, the Campo Santo. Camp yeah, like I know they have Campo Santo and I I know they have game development teams over there at Valve and I know they've talked about uh, putting out more games and creating new games, but will we actually see them is the question. And I, right now I'm in the place of I don't know. You know, yeah. we got Half-Life Alex Hey, that sold. Alex. That sold. I guess decently for a VR game. It also, performed well critically, but is that enough for them to justify creating more games? Gamespot's uh, 2020 game of the year. You know what I'm saying? There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, I. You know, Valve's they're raking in money. This isn't. This isn't like a money decision at all. It's just. It's more of like, eh, we'll we'll put our resources elsewhere. At least that's how I see it. Cause yes. boy, Steam like they're they are good. With Steam, Lost in the so. sauce in chat uh, actually brings up something I was trying to think of, and I c- I couldn't pull it out of the depths Ooh. of my memory brain because I'm tired because I stayed up for one division. <laughs> uh, they, they said PUBG is paid though, which is the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, PUBG was the first one to kind of come out and blow up, and it was a paid battle royale. But PUBG hasn't had the same notoriety since, right? Like Fortnite and Warzone and Apex and other battle royales came out and kind of turned PUBG into this thing that was. The hotness in 2017, and, I'm, and yeah. people, of course, still play PUBG today, but it's definitely not the Battle Royale hotness that it was when it first yeah. came out. Also, PUBG was the... I, I covered Battle... Like, I was the Battle Royale guy at GameSpot when when PUBG broke out because I'd been playing, like, Arma 2 mods before that. Um, but PUBG was the first one to reach critical mass. So yes. uh, the concept of Battle Royale was extremely novel in 2017. So people who wanted to get in on that hype... I imagine there are a lot more people who are willing to, you know, pay twenty or thirty dollars to jump into it. But once you have things, once you have Fortnite kind of overtake that, 
as a free-to-play game, that is the new standard. So then all Battle Royales going forward, if you want to have some sort of success in that space, you need to match who the top, what the top dog is doing. And so if Fortnite is free-to-play, everything else is probably going to have to be free-to-play to even stand a chance. Uh, so that is that is also one. It's like so if Artifact was like the first yo wild digital card game, and it's like yo gotta pay twenty dollars to get in, and like everyone's like oh okay yeah I'm willing to pay twenty dollars again to this new shit. Uh, but if Hearthstone's already out here, like we're free to play, like we're the most we're, mo- we're the most popping in this club, and then Artifact's like hey but you want to come over here pay twenty dollars, and I'm like eh, I'm not gonna pay covered for that. So um, exactly. Speed of success, though, story number three, two million people have downloaded the Outriders demo. This is Jordan Alleman at IGN. People Can Fly is patching the Outriders demo to address activity and fix bugs. One major change will make it harder to farm legendary items in the demo after players discovered a loot cave amid other unintended exploits. The full patch notes can be found on Reddit, where a Square Enix representative notes that the popular demo has been downloaded by over two million players since its launch on February 25th. Uh, Michael, did you get a chance to jump into that Out- Outriders demo, or do you have any interest in playing Outriders? I, I previewed Outriders at PAX West 2020. No, PAX East. Oh shit! Wow, that was the last mm-hmm. the last PAX before before um before we went into lockdown. Quarantine. Yeah, before lockdown. Before the last event, period before lockdown. But uh, so I played it then, and I was like, you know, it's it kind of cool. Like it's a third person shooter, like Destiny style sort of thing. Um. Uh, so, uh, but it, it's not really my jam. Like uh, I, I played, I'm, I feel like I played it before, and uh, that's no shade against the game. Like if, if if that's your thing, if that's your jam, and you fuck with it, like that, that's cool mm-hmm. too. But um, how do you, you know, feel about I, the two million I, number? Oh well, I, I think I think it doesn't really it doesn't surprise me. Like if if it's free, like people are gonna try it. And if you put out something that is on this scale, like it's it's Square Enix, it's a Square Enix joint, uh, and all people can fly has they have they have a reputation, so. I imagine like two million people like, oh, it's free. I'm gonna download. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see what's up. Maybe they won't like it. Maybe they will. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me. But hey, you know, if if that two million is um, indicative of, or if most of those people like, like if they if they vibe with the game, then I wish them all the success. Uh, I you know I I don't think this is something I'm gonna jump into. But I you know I've been I've been peeping the guides because then we put up the guides. I'm editing. I'm like, oh, this this seems interesting. Like the four different classes and the way that they play a little bit differently and the way that some uh interact or you can with within squads you can team up and like kind of coordinate the way you yeah. uh, combine like, your like special abilities yeah, i think that's a really important thing for a game to stand out so you know if if you're if you're vibing with with uh outriders if two t- most of those two million people are are uh fucking with outriders you know that's yeah. cool yeah no i think two million is a pretty decent number uh for for a free demo right and i <clears throat> i hope that speaks to more success for outriders because i the the demo uh, that's been out for everybody now has left me with a, a little bit of mixed feelings because I love the action and I think that's what people can fly gets right right like they know how to do action they know how to do shooting um, but some of the content within it like the the the, the narrative stuff the cutscenes uh, and even like the um, like mission structure and all that stuff didn't necessarily yeah. speak to me all the mm-hmm. way but I think when you got good action that stuff that is stuff that you can launch with right and kind of get those lumps at launch but then also and then build over time uh and make it so that you guys are putting in that good content and getting in that good story uh and that's necessarily that's not necessarily the way i prefer it to be right i prefer them to launch with good story good content good good action all that stuff but i think i think for this game to be successful uh like if this game is successful that stuff will come right like if if outriders comes out and it turns out to be a hit 
we're gonna get that we're gonna get that good narrative content we're gonna get that good uh misstructure we're gonna get all the stuff that people kind of feel like they're missing they're gonna fix the wobbly cutscenes that they yeah. got in the game because they always get that shaky cam going for no reason <laughs> yeah but i mean again like marvel uh or marvel avengers is also a square enix joint uh and if this is going to be another live service game it's like obviously crystal dynamics is different from people can fly so they probably have very different design philosophies but uh when you think about how much a certain publisher can push service games like it's kind of like what we're talking about with battle royale and with uh with card games i'm like damn i don't know how many more service games we can pack into uh, pack into the space and like i don't know if it's drying up maybe it's not i don't i don't have the answers but every time like a new like service-based game comes out i'm just like damn another one of those like ah, i mm-hmm. personally don't have the time for that maybe uh and you know i never want to wish not success to anybody I, I wish them success for this but um I, and i'll keep my keep my eye on it in case it pops off but uh for for me i imagine there's a lot of people who are like ah you know we're deep into destiny 2 we got this game we got that game yes. so and i i'm definitely with you there i think it is going to be an, an uphill battle in terms of getting folks invested because right now the thing that outriders has really is you know the is the, the thing that outriders has is the thing that the, is is the thing that they that they can say about it which is it is destiny meets gears of war and outside of that yeah. like there's not they don't have the avengers name they don't have the bungee name right in terms of right like people can fly they've made cool games in the past that people have latched onto you but they've not necessarily had that breakout huge success they've obviously worked on like shit like Fortnite, right but that's not theirs uh you know you don't like i don't think think people look at bullet storm and go yes from the developers <laughs> of bullet storm we're gonna show up you know right, and yeah, that's, yeah. again not disparaging bullet storm because i know people out there like bullet storm but a game from people can't fly doesn't re- people can fly doesn't sell itself on its own uh and so they're they're really going to need that word of mouth and they're going to need people to kind of push it up and evangelize it and that's the thing we'll see at launch maybe but yeah yeah, i think it is going to be quite an uphill battle for them yeah but you start those conversations with a free demo so uh shouts out to them for getting two million people yeah yeah Story number four, Ghost of Tsushima developers are becoming uh, permanent ambassadors for the actual island of Tsushima. I'm going to pull from Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. The real island of Tsushima has given a prestigious award to two senior members of the Ghost of Tsushima development team. Game director Nate Fox and creative director Jason Connell will become permanent tourism ambassadors of the city of Tsushima in Nagasaki, the island announced this week. The ceremony will be held digitally due to travel restrictions, and the pair will be presented with the award in a letter of appreciation. To mark the to mark the occasion, the city or yeah, the city said it'll collaborate with Sony Interactive Entertainment to set up a new tourism campaign based on the game, which is designed to encourage fans to learn more about the island and its key key landmarks. In a statement, Tsushima Mayor Hiroki Hidekatsu explained why the pair have been awarded with the honor. Quote. Fox and Connell uh, spread the name and history of Tsushima to the to the whole world in such a wonderful way, he said. Quote, even a lot of even a lot of Japanese people do not know the history of the Genko period. When it comes to the world, the name and location of Tsushima is literally unknown. So I cannot thank them enough for telling our story with such phenomenal graphics and profound stories. End quote. This is a pretty cool one to see. You know, like this is this is one of those ones where I, I, I think this one speaks to how broadly video games can speak to people mm-hmm. right like i never thought of ghost of tsushima as a game that would teach me about the island of, of tsushima itself right in a way that would actual actually speak to the real world history and the real real world 
uh, Island of Tsushima. You know, you jump into Ghost of Tsushima, or at least I jump into Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm like, dope. I get to slice through Samurai, or I get to slice through uh, in in Legends, right? I get to slice through Spirits yeah. and have fun, fun uh, playing co-op with my friends. But it's really cool to see that the developers are getting actual uh, actual recognition for doing justice to uh, to Tsushima and exposing the world to the island. Sure, yeah, I'm you know props to Sucker Punch for that. Uh, you have um, you know an American team uh, doing that. I I tend to have complicated feelings when it comes to uh, you know outsiders kind of um, make, doing their own take on history. But I, I mean, I res- I respect the efforts. I I think Ghost of Tsushima is a great game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think I think there's also a romanticization with uh, the concept of samurai. I think the history of samurai is a lot more complicated than looking cool and slashing through motherfuckers. Uh, so I hope people also understand that that there is also a there's a you know it tends to be a, a, a dark history when it comes to Japanese imperialism and things like that. And I'm I'm like you know I think Ghost of Tsushima doing this as like garnering interest. In history itself, I think that's a like cool thing. Period. Because games have done that for mm-hmm. me, and many like Assassin's Creed does that like every single game. I'm like, oh shit, I want to know about that period. I want to know about that period, and that's what Ghost of Tsushima is also doing for for this here. So you know, um, I respect that. But you know, if if you do want to get into that that history, if you want to know more about samurai, it's a lot more complicated than yo. We must protect this house, and I'm gonna slash motherfuckers. Um, yes. So, um, but also like in terms of like bringing in tourism, yo. I mean, like this is the same feeling with Yakuza. Like I can't wait to after lockdown, yo, I'm going to Kabukicho and I'm going to sing karaoke. I'm going to I'm going to turn up. I'm going to go to the Kombini. I'm going to have like, ooh, I'm going to eat good and things like that. But like, you know, tourism, like games, especially like for foreigners, like games like this can like draw so many people. Like, And after playing, Yaku- after being in uh, Kamarocho for so many, so for so long, I feel like I already know the streets of Kabukicho. I was like on Google Maps. I'm like, yo, I, this is uh, Tenkaichi Street. This is Nakamichi Street. Yo, the, the clan office is right there and uh, things like that. So it, it's it's just really cool to see games kind of pull people in that way. And Dude, yeah, that reminds me of playing that legitimately reminds me of playing games like uh, San Andreas back in the day, right, where I'd, I'd play that game <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a kid. And I shouldn't have been playing that game as a kid, but I was playing that game as a kid. And mm-hmm. I remember driving through uh, Los Santos and San Fierro and Las Venturas and kind of understanding that, yeah, that was Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco and Las Vegas and getting a sense yeah. of what those cities were. Right. And now that I live in live in SF, you know, I can kind of see like, oh, yeah, it's the hilly streets and that one street mm-hmm. that does like the windy <laughs> thing and all that shit. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. it, Video games are really a, can really be like a cool glimpse or a cool tool, tool for tourism. There was a it was a video I remember watching. Uh, quite a few years ago when Dana Dwyer still did the point for GameSpot, he he did a, a video about uh, Liberty City and how mm-hmm. he was going to, he was visiting New York City at the time, yeah. and he did like a whole tourism thing of, oh yeah, dude, I remember going here in Liberty City, right? He would visit that in the real, real, real world New York, and we would break all that stuff down. That stuff I, th- I find so fascinating and so cool, because you don't really internalize it until you realize it later. That was the thing for me, where I didn't realize how much I had connected with, I guess, California as a state, right? And not in the, not in the real way, not in the deep down way. Like, I don't know <laughs> shit about California still, but... In a way where I was like, I can kind of tell you the broad strokes of the differences between Los Angeles, San Francisco, and uh, Las Vegas, right, without actually being there. In a very broad way as a kid playing a video game, (laughs) which I thought was always a cool thing. And and, uh, uh, to your point earlier about Sucker Punch and Ghost of Tsushima, too, like, I kind of had that same fear. 
when the uh, leading up to the game where i was like man okay this is a western team they're working on a very jap they're they're they're, they're working on a game that is low that is uh uh set in historical japan mm-hmm. let's see how they do it like I'm, i yeah. i hope that they do this justice because there there are ways they can easily f- fuck that up and get things wrong and uh uh you know do the thing that a lot of westernized media does right which is depict people in a certain way that isn't tr- uh true true to who they are right and and like whitewashes thing, things and all that stuff and that was one of my my big questions. One after playing the game, I've been like, okay, thank God this game is good. But also, you know, how did they decide how to tackle Tsushima culturally and all this different stuff? Getting to interview uh, Sucker Punch Studio and uh, our games cast that went up, I think back in July for our spoiler cast, right, and getting to ask those questions and then having the answers of like, yeah, no, we did a lot of consulting. We went to to, uh, to Tsushima. We talked to people. We did all that stuff. I thought it was a very uh, satisfying answer in terms of thank God they did sure. something, you know, yeah. thank God oh, yeah, they, yeah. they got insight. Thank God they actually tried to get things right. Cause we see it all the <laughs> yeah. time where folks don't get it right. And they don't even try. And yeah. it always leads to people being like, what the fuck, man, they don't even speak French in Nigeria, you know, that type of shit. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't like watch a bunch of, well, I mean, uh, obviously uh, Kurosawa was a big influence on, but they didn't watch like uh, Kurosawa films that said, that's it. We're making a game uh, based on that. And that's yeah. it. Like make it black and white. It's done. You know, they yeah, didn't do that. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? But hey, shouts out to that was the last video Danny O'Dwyer did for GameSpot was that uh, yeah. trip to New York. Like his, his last one in 2016. Also, shouts out to GTA San Andreas because Los Santos playing that when I was like 14, 13, 14. I was like, yo, this this is this is home. This is this is walk outside. This is this is Los Santos. So it was so. <laughs> if I walk outside right now, I'll run into some Grove Street uh, or hey, some ballers. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Sky. Oh, I'm, I'm all right. I'm relaxed. <laughs> oh, I'm relaxed. I'm not repping any set over here. All right, let's keep it uh, moving. Before we get into the next couple of news stories, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to patreoncom slash games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Honey. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupons is a thing of the past. If you're like me, you go and you, you want to buy something online. You see the promo code field, right? And you're like, okay, let's get to Googling. And you don't find anything. Uh, and it's always a frustrating thing. Honey is here to help you out with that. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They went from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons they can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of Funny loves Honey. Tim Gettys himself has used it for years and has saved thousands of dollars. He says himself, quote, you are silly if you don't use it. It is free and easy. Honey has found its over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on some free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games. We're also brought to you by Logitech. Gaming headsets are important. You want a headset with a good mic, good sound, and a headset that feels comfortable to wear. That's what's best about the G733 wireless gaming headset from Logitech G. The G733 Lightspeed wireless gaming headset comes with a 2.4 gigahertz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual zone, uh, light sync RGB, blue voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. It also has total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with Lightspeed Wireless. 
Keep playing with 29 plus hours battery life. Play wirelessly on PS4 with stereo sound. With front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB lighting, you can personalize your headset lighting across style and comfort. The reversible suspension headband is designed for ultimate comfort during long play sessions. Each G733 colorway has its own unique headband design. There's also soft dual-layer memory foam that conforms to your head and and contours around the jaw for a better seal, which I still have a visual for, and I need to actually pull up a Google image to know how that looks because... That must be cool. That must be like you're really like strapping in for gaming, which is really cool. Uh, Reduce stress points and delivers longer lasting comfort. It's available in multiple colorways, each with its own vibrant reversible headband and corresponding ear pads. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code KindaFunnyDailyFreeShip31 for express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech G products with promo code KindaFunnyDailyFreeShip. Yes, kind of funny. Daily free shop thirty one. Hurry now, since after this promo, the code expires in three days. Kind of funny. Daily free shop thirty one. Last but not least, we're brought to you by DoorDash. You want Chinese? They want pizza, and someone is craving froyo. There's some. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Let me tell you, DoorDash is a regular at this apartment. Isn't that right? Ah, jeez, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that Dash Pass is coming in clutch, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. We use Do- DoorDash is probably at this apartment daily. We use it all the time. We're probably going to use it later so we can get some deep dish pizza. Uh, mm, yes. It's going to be a good time. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love uh, right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want what you want from where you want. Uh, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your, your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject, subject to change, terms apply. Michael Hyam, I have a couple more news stories for you. Let's I- start off. With Animal Crossing, story number five, Animal Crossing New Horizon New Horizon has detailed its March update. This is TJ Denzer at Shaq News, not like Shaquille O'Neal, like a shack that you hang out in. <laughs> Nintendo launched a video detailing March content for Animal Crossing New Horizons via the Animal Crossing Twitter on March 5th, 2021. First up, a slew of new capture- capturable critters can be found uh, in terms of fishing, bug collecting, and diving during swimming. The tadpole, orchid mantis, and spider crab will be available to each activity, respectively. From March 10th to March 17th, players can prepare for Shamrock Day, that's happening March 17th, as well. Uh, slapping on some green and discovering all sorts of Shamrock-themed items for purchase in the game shops. Finally, bamboo has come to the to, <laughs> bamboo has come to the game, and uh, and you can chop it down and use it in all sorts of DIY recipes for your island decoration they also detailed um some more stuff about uh mario day that's happening march 10th and you're gonna have exclusive items for that uh that they announced before during the nintendo direct that we got uh 
this is always a fun one to read through because I don't play Animal Crossing. I like dropped off at the first five hours because I realized that just isn't my type of game. And so when I go back and I read shit like Bamboo is making an appearance, I'm like, oh shit, big deal. they're getting Bamboo. Somebody's very happy about that. Hell cool. yeah. So Do you play Animal Crossing or an Animal Crossing person? Uh, not not regularly anymore, but I have a t- man on GameCube Animal Crossing. Yo, that was my jam because like I was young and I didn't have anything else to do over the summer. So uh, I lived in Animal Crossing. I have tremendous respect for New Horizons. Also, if you want to keep up with the hottest takes and the or not the hottest takes, but the best takes and all of the details and the news for um, for Animal Crossing, head over to GameSpot and peep my girl. Uh, Callie Plaguey because she is an Animal Crossing master as well as, as well as a Pokemon master. Also, shouts out to the Sanrio collab that's happening this month as well. Um, uh, Hello Kitty and Cimarron, like yo, if you, if wait, is that an Animal Crossing that. thing? Is Hello Kitty coming to Animal Crossing? Yeah, oh. I think March twenty sixth, if I if I recall correctly. Uh, but yeah, so pe- so peep that if you if you uh, if you still mess with Animal Crossing because that game is popping. Cool. People in chat are saying Bamboo was, was always there. Hold on. I'm reading through this. Finally, Bamboo has come to the game. And you can try- the new story tells me that Bamboo is new. This is from Shaq. So this is from ShaquilleO'Neal.com. Shaquille O'Neal right here is telling me that Bamboo is new. Uh, and so uh, take uh, it up uh, with Shaquille. Let me tell you it's something. not on me. It's on Shaq. Let me tell you something, Bliss. What's Barbecue up? Barbecue chicken. Uh, do y'all watch basketball? Y'all watch TNT? Um, bas- Damn. I mean, I, t- I, I know you're doing Shaquille O'Neal. I don't <laughs> know what the barbecue chicken reference is. <laughs> you got no rings. No ring, Chuck. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's is that guy. what Shaquille O'Neal says on yeah, the show? Yeah, he always talks shit about Charles, not, Charles Barkley not having any rings. He always talks about barbecue chicken, and he's he's one of the, he's like the old man who's always like back in my day. You know, we used to we used to man up, we used to man up, we used to shoot in the post. It's weird to think of him as old now. We used to shoot free throws and miss every it's time. It's so fucking that's weird to think. Of that's him what he'd be saying. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, saying I, yeah. I had his rookie card. So, by the way, earlier in chat, uh, some folks were asking, does Michael uh, play the guitar and skateboard? I I do play the guitar. I use the skateboard. This is the Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater One and Two Remaster Collector's Edition. Mm. Uh, so the skate deck, you know, I I bo- busted my knees when I was like 14, 15, and I was like, I right, fuck this shit. I'm hanging it up. I'm retiring. But I just recently got a guitar because I used to play guitar since I was twelve. So I've been learning a lot of a lot of Persona songs, a lot of uh, old Final Fantasy songs as well. So uh, you know, are you busting out? Some of that, uh, are you busting out some of that? I believe you know. Oh yo yeah yo I. <laughs> I'm, Michael, we need to sit down and talk about Persona 5 Strikers at some point. The, today yes. is not that day, but we need to do it soon. Yeah, we will. We will. Yo, I've been learning. Dude, Daredevil on guitar is actually really fucking hard. Uh, but the river, the Rivers in the Desert remix, yo, it's so that song is so Wait, much Wait, is fun there a remix for Strikers? Oh, dude, there's so oh, many remixes made, for Strikers, man. I have not, I've not made it far at all in Strikers. Oh, I so cannot nice. wait then, because I love Rivers in the Desert. That's probably my favorite song in Persona <sighs> 5. The the last surprise and the uh, remix and the rivers and desert remix and strikers, top ten tier. out of ten, top oh, tier. Oh my god, super super heat. You know what I'm saying? Super heat. I'm gonna get on that. Uh, something I won't get on because I've not been playing this game in the last few weeks. Ant Man might be coming to Fort uh, Fortnite. Uh, this is from Gabe Gurren at uh, at. I said at Ant Man in my Spot. thing in my title. It at GameSpot. Thank you. I was like, crap. Where's Gabe, Gabe Gurren uh, from? This is from Gabe Gurren at GameSpot. We've seen no shortage of Marvel characters in Fortnite already, and it looks like Ant Man would be the latest hero to join the roster. Leakers have shown a, a portal tease that strongly hints at the size-shifting hero uh, that they'll be coming soon. Though Epic Games has yet to make the news official. 
Portal portals have been opening up as part of the zero point storyline in Fortnite for the last several weeks. In the latest shows of Forest Floor, the camera is on the ground with bug noises heard, uh, but Ant Man himself isn't seen in the video. Uh, data miners found the portal is codenamed Small Fry, which seems to add weight to the Ant Man prediction. Honestly, if you told me that Ant Man was already in the game, I would have believed you. Yep, me, me too. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, I, I'm I surprised. Shouts out to Paul Rudd. That yeah. fool don't age. So he doesn't age at all. Uh, shout out to that Ant Man. If you're a big Ant Man fan, get get excited because that's coming to Fortnite. Michael, I can't wait for the announcement of Ant Man and Fortnite. But that announcement so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every week. Day. Yeah. Before I do my out today, I, I I was I was gonna mention this earlier, but I forgot to because it got side reeled. Uh, the I I always love when I'm hanging out in my room, where the sultry guitar sounds, and I'm like, oh man, Michael Michael Hyam is composing a fucking masterpiece right now. I can tell. Nah, nah, nah. I'd be hearing that nah, every nah. now and then. It's great. <laughs> out out today, we got. Let's see here. I gotta open up my tab because I accidentally closed it. We got Postal Redux for PS4. As Divine Cross for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. Nina for Switch. American Wild Hunting for Switch. Doug Hates His Job for Switch. Anton Ball Deluxe uh, for Steam. And then Two Point Hospital Jumbo Edition is out now on consoles. Uh, I have one new date for you. Season 2 of 3 out of 10, that's the episodic playable sitcom about life at the world's worst game development studio, will premiere all five episodes for free on the Epic Game Store Tuesday, April 8th. I played a little bit of season one of uh, three out of ten. And I thought it was pretty cool. Really funny game. Has a cool art oh, style true. to it too. Uh, if you so. haven't tried out uh, three out of ten, I believe it's free on Epic Game Store season one. And so try it out. Why not? Go do it. Deal of the day for you. Uh, Daisy writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny game, just like you can and says, I got a deal of the day. According to at PS5 drop on Twitter, Walmart will have PS5s on sale at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. Their add-to-cart links are how, are how I was able to purchase two PS5s. The first one was lost by the delivery service. Good luck, everyone. If, you, if you're still on that PS5 hustle, you're trying to find yourself a PS5, boom, noon today, be aware, Walmart. Go get them. Uh, Michael, people can write in to patreon.com slash confundedgames. They can get their questions read on the show. They can also squat up, just like Fernando Rodriguez did. Fernando writes in and says, hey, blessed Michael. Since this newfound love for Souls games are kind of funny, I want to invite all the best friends to join me this Saturday as I finish my Dark Souls 1 run. What's the catch, you ask? I'm doing a flight stick run, so I need all the encouragement I can get. Join me at roll underscore twice, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time slash 5 p.m. GMT. Love uh, love you all and thanks for all you do, Fernando Rodriguez. If you don't watch Fernando struggle in Dark Souls 1 with a flight stick, Again, their Twitch username is roll underscore twice. They're doing that at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Good luck, Fernando. Of course, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, that's where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for people listening or watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Nailball just says that I'm a millennial or no, a, a, a zennial. And no, I am not. I am millennial. All right, I don't do these halvesies thing. I'm a full millennial. No, not yeah. a zoomer. But, but fuck this halvesies shit, you know? Yeah, no. You gotta <laughs> go draw go fucking home. lines in the sand at one point, all right, Michael? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, you gotta oh, get yeah, on board, right. Michael, all right? 
Hey, your boy's still young out here, so you yeah. know I can. I don't. You you tell me what generation I belong in. I know Boomer. I mean, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of people here saying that. Uh, I got quite a few people here saying that Outriders has distanced itself from being a games as a service type of game. So there you go. It's gonna be. Okay. I guess it's gonna be okay. more. I mean, Listen, that makes it sound like it's gonna be wrong. Godfall, which we're, we're already cool. Wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like you're wrong, shit. Damn, I already fuck. Damn, that was early in the show too. Damn, I hate to see it. Fuck. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Let's My see bad. here. Let's see here. And then we got people saying that bamboo has been available in Animal Crossing again. Take that up with Shaquille O'Neal. That's Shaq's fault. That Shaq <laughs> is you wrong. Right. Uh, of course, this is Friday, which means that this is the end of the week. We got a new week coming up, though. It's very exciting. Monday is a few days around the corner. That means we have a new week of hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily. And it's, it's a very interesting week. It's a very fun week of hosts, all right? Starting Monday, we got Greg and Keza McDonald. Tuesday is Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's me, and I'm joined by Janet Garcia. And that's going to be Mario Day, and so we'll make sure to have a lot of Mario fun. Uh, on Thursday, it's Tim. And GameSpot's Tamor Hussein. That should be a fun time. Uh, and then on Friday, it's Greg and Irrational Passions' Alex O'Neill. Very yeah, incredible week of hosts coming up, and so stay tuned for that. If you're watching this live right now on Twitch, after this is Mike and the KF crew playing some Super Mario 3D World, and so that should be very exciting. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, actually, before I, before I sign off, Michael, what, what are you working on? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this week, earlier this week, I had a big, I had a big interview with uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is the creator of Final Fantasy, uh, about his new game Fantasian. And there's a lot of, a lot of cool uh, tidbits in that that feature that I did for that game. But also, I have a, a couple other things coming up. Uh, I have interview with uh, Yakuza Dev Team about the story. Uh, also, another interview for localization for Yakuza Like a Dragon my favorite game of 2020 and then also i have a persona 5 strikers interview coming up as well so probably next Ooh. week uh you can peep that you know i'm out here uh doing some, making some moves uh also if you want to keep up with final fantasy 14 and walker the expansion coming up you know, me or natalie flores we got your back so pay attention to GameSpot, pay attention to fanbite if you play final fantasy 14 uh and also a Peep my, peep my persona 5 role review that is just flames bro i ain't, I ain't even gonna hold you <laughs> i know i go lie it's to a you. great interview or it's a great <laughs> review both both the royal review and the strikers review fucking top notch flames bro i'm not i'm not even gonna lie there you go uh michael <laughs> thanks again so much for coming through hanging out with me thanks for being my roommate also can't wait for the deep dish pizza we're gonna have later looking Ooh. forward to it a lot a lot i so i and I'm running late in the show, so I shouldn't be telling random stories. But a few weeks ago, we did try to order deep dish pizza. And we I'm not going to say we failed. I failed. Because I went on the site. The thing said deep dish for the restaurant I was, I was ordering from. And I don't know what happened. But I came home with, with the thinnest crust pizza of all time. Damn. Yo, that was We yeah, still ate it. So I had a good time. But I've never been so deceived. And so we're going to make that right tonight. And I can't wait. Uh, yep. We got a post show coming up. So stick around for that if you're a Patreon supporter, silver level or, or above. Otherwise, until next time. Game Daily. Deuces.